It's all about the ball sack. All about the ball sack. <laughs> is, is it all about the ball sack? No, it's not. <laughs> is that the intro? <laughs> <laughs> you stupid ass. Welcome to episode 112 of Testicle Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Run up to the wall, shaking my balls, now you gotta catch me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Comical Podcast. Run up to the grass, shaking my ass, now you gotta catch me. I don't, I don't want to catch you. <laughs> I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Balls the Cleese. General testicles. Are you feeling better today? I'm okay. You didn't sit on them today? No, I didn't sit on them today. I'm wearing more support. We actually got a lot of uh, feedback and a lot of comments about last week's episode. We did? (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people really liked the whole ball discussion, so... What? thought we had to reference that again. Because I sat on them? (laughs) Yeah. People like my pain? Of course. Well, shit, why don't I just punch myself in the balls? Well, let me get my camera. No! (laughs) Who the hell likes me talking about my balls? I was surprised, too. <laughs> Please tell me there were women listeners. Some of them. What do you mean, some of them? There's plenty of dudes. That- Whoa! <laughs> Actually, Chris Ryder did a great image of... Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> do you have the balls to listen to Comical Podcast? And it's a picture of you like standing there, like silhouetted in the foreground with your balls hanging out, and me in the background kind of looking between your legs in uh-huh. like horror. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I saw that picture, and I started cracking up. I wonder, do I have the balls to do that? And do you have the balls to stand there and look I, at I don't think I have the... <laughs> I, I don't think I can stand there and look at your balls, man. Sorry. I got better things to do with my time. <laughs> I need you to inspect them to make sure I got no lumps. Uh, that's a job for your wife. <laughs> How you like the ball cam? Yeah. And just before this episode started, Miguel took a picture of his balls. I didn't take a picture of my balls. I was taking a picture of me from the ground up. Yeah. And you, I decided to call it crotch cam, but you were like, call it ball cam. <laughs> Well, of course. <laughs> and of course, you had to take one better than me. I can't believe you put your foot on your phone. Why not? You get the fungus among us. I got no fungus on my foot. You got fungus on your face. Shit's going to grow it's out. It's a beard. It's a, a beard. <laughs> <laughs> that protects you? Yeah, it protects me. Okay. Yeah, they, they did research uh, about that. Really? Yeah. People with beards uh, develop like a special antibody that people without beards don't have, and it actually protects you from some diseases and stuff. Really? Yeah. Bearded bullshit? <laughs> no, it's like a, like a real thing. Like No they, shit. Yeah, they proved it. Well, I got a beard. You got a little scruff going. You grow it out, man. I got a beard down there, too. Oh, I don't want to know about that. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. That's enough of that. We, we got a lot of comics to talk about today. What were your top two books this week, man? Hey, well, uh, number two uh, this week is going to be Midnighter number 10 by our good buddy Steve Orlando and ACO. It's just ACO. ACO. I like saying ACO sounds so much cooler. You know, there's baby. no there's no periods in between the, the letters. ACO. Okay. <laughs> Rufio. <laughs> no, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name, but it was great, man. Part two of Midnight vs. Suicide Squad and Parasite and Deadshot getting humiliated by uh, Amanda Waller. What a, that, that was actually my favorite part. Deadshot. What a bitch. Deadshot stands up to Amanda and he's like, who's this new group of people you brought? And you're treating me like I'm the B team. And she's like, bitch, you are the B team. <laughs> I know. What the hell? She's like, you have had failures. These guys have no failures. Right. Well, because the people that she just recently brought in all have God Garden technology built into them somehow. So they're all like kind of on the level of Midnighter, whereas Deadshot's just a guy who's really accurate. Yeah, and he could hit him, remember? He's like, this yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, Midnighter can pretty much trump anybody in Suicide Squad, except for possibly Parasite. Uh, this was actually my number two book as well. 
because of the fight with Parasite. Um, if you don't know who that guy is, uh, Parasite can leech onto other people's powers and kind of temporarily steal their abilities. So Midnighter's fighting him, and Parasite's gaining his regenerative abilities, his ability to predict the future, all that kind of stuff. So like as hard a time as Midnighter had the episode before, where he was fighting against the guy who could see five seconds into the future, or 15 seconds into the future, or whatever it was. Yeah, a couple more into the future than he could. Like It was further than Midnighter. Uh, Parasite is giving him just a hard a time, because Parasite's like, four times his size and monstrous and way more lethal than the other guy was. So uh, it was a really good issue. Yeah, but Midnighter. Very action-packed. Midnighter still wins. Well, of course. He's the title character. And who beats his ass at the end? Well, I'm not going to spoil it for oh, Okay. <laughs> but I'll spoil it for everybody. <laughs> no, it, was, it was really good. Yeah, it's really action-packed, and drawing is really great, too. So I've, like I said, I really, really like Midnighter now. It's like one of my favorites of all time. Steve's doing such a good job, too. I mean, he's really focusing on the social issues in some issues. Mm -hmm. And then in other ones, he's really, like, putting a lot of action and violence and, you know, the the punchy stuff that he knows we love. (laughs) You trying to say he's making statements? Well, of course. I don't even see him. (laughs) I can't help it if it goes over your head. (laughs) They're there. (laughs) It goes over my head, underneath the balls. I don't know. You know, I'm just saying. I just love the book. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. I like how he said that, punchy. Well, that's how, that's how he phrases it. He's like, there's some punchy stuff for you guys. Yeah. Like, I think Steve's doing a great job. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes next because I know he's going to be working on some new titles pretty soon. It's time for Midnight to rip somebody's arm off and then beat him with it. Hey. You know, hashtag the arm. Hey. Don't <laughs> <laughs> be giving away secrets from my book. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> that's that's a homage to Steve in there already. We put the arm in my book. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There you go. That was my number two as well. Nice. Uh, so what, what was your number one then? Stop copying me. You stop copying me. <laughs> number one, Deadly Class number 19, Rick Remender and Russ Craig. That's actually my number one as well. You son of a... <laughs> no, it was really good. Oh, extra violent. Well, it's just extra intense. I mean, this is one of those issues that's just pulse pounding, hit the pavement, running, like guns blaring, you know, just, just nonstop action. Well, the cover says, who will survive? <laughs> well, okay, so two issues ago the grandmaster of the assassin training school told everybody that their job was to kill everybody. That was their final exam. The freshman final. And only the people that survived, you know, to whatever time period would become the next sophomore class. Year two. So (laughs) Billy, one of Marcus's friends, um, he's being chased by the Russian guy and some of his goons. He's kind of a wimp. And he's, he's not the strongest guy in the assassin class. And they're chasing him through buildings and through restaurants and they're just shooting at him constantly so there's all kinds of collateral damage you know the chefs in the little sushi restaurant are getting shot up and they're like trying to smack him for running through their kitchen it's like this is my place bitch i know and he runs through telling everybody to get out and they like curse at him or say something to him and then a few seconds later they're shot and killed yeah he runs, <laughs> he runs through a record store and you know all the records get ruined and stuff and it ends up with him jumping out this window and falling like two stories anyways he lands on the ground and kind of messes up his leg and then kind of hobbles away well, the Russian guy is, like, big and ripped and buff, and he's like, little punk man, I can do that too. So he jumps out the window, and he actually, like, lands yeah. kind of in good shape and takes off after him. So Billy's running for the alleyway because he knows Marcus and, and uh, is it Saya? Wait a minute, which one's dead? No, it's Marcus, it's Marcus and Petra yeah. are waiting in the alleyway for him, and they've set a trap for the Russian. So when he gets in there, they spring the trap, but they expected him to come in the alley the other way, so it doesn't exactly work how they planned. Um and you know, they don't kill him, but they knock him unconscious, and then they make their escape. Uh, it's just a really good, action-packed issue. Uh, I love Wes Craig's art. He's doing such a good job, and Reminder, of course, is always killing it. Well, they decided uh, at that point that they said, fuck it, but we're just leaving this shit. Yeah. Well, I don't want to go back. Let's go. Yeah, they, they try to make a run for it and get away from the Academy. So 
I'm I'm really interested to see what comes in the next few issues. Oh yeah, it's it was intense. It was really good. Yeah, the, you know the art is what it is, but the story, man, the story is great. Yeah, I liked it a lot. All right, well then, uh, if that was both of our number ones, we're getting through these comics real fast. What was your pick of the week? The discipline number one, Peter Milligan and uh, Leandro Fernandez. Okay, yes, that's also my pick of the week. You son of a gun. <laughs> well, I gave it Wait to you to read right before we started. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> hey, man, don't be calling me out like that. I got you. I see that. <laughs> Take a picture of these balls. I'll call you up. So we, we both became a fan of Peter Milligan last year when we read uh, Terminal Hero. Yeah. So that's why I picked this book up. I mean, I kind of got the feeling that this was going to be like a Fifty Shades of Grey, but darker kind of story, which it has a little bit of elements of that. It's about a, a woman who wants to be submissive. She's in a bad marriage. You know, she's kind of living a boring life and she goes to this museum and meets this really like charming guy and they're talking about erotic paintings and stuff and then he lures her back to meeting with him uh, at a later time and tries to show her what the discipline is and the twist on this is that he's actually some kind of monster some kind of demon he's made some kind of pact that requires him to recruit this woman uh, we don't really know what the end game is with that or what her purpose is for being there but uh, it's a very raunchy very like sexual kind of book Pretty dark in places. Um, there's a whole overarching story, which I find kind of interesting. Uh, I'm interested to know what those people that are behind whatever the discipline's supposed to be are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to reading more. It's all about the man giving the girl the monster penis. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying it's a monster penis. It's a monster penis. You know what I mean? It's like, like roar, not like long. Uh, well, hell, I don't well, know. It could be both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looks like a wolf. Yeah, he's kind of like a werewolf. I don't know, man. So, like, it's furry. Oh, <laughs> spiny? Ugh. <laughs> you never know. You don't want to sit as like Fifty Shades of Grey. People are into some freaky shit, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh. But uh, the book is good. Yeah. I mean, it is really weird, but the moral of the story is that men, ignore your wife for about a year, then after that, you can pretty much get away whatever you want to with her. I'm just saying. Is that the moral of the story? Is that what you got from it? I don't th- <laughs> I think if you ignore your wife for a year, your wife might stray. I think that's what Oh, no, no, no. I think you can bring her back into the fold, you know? Oh, okay. You have more control. Seems like this book's about control. Well, yeah, that's the same thing that Fifty Shades of Grey was. Like, it's about domination and submission. Yeah, but that chick's a weird. <laughs> She's a weirdo. Well, it's not like this chick's a whole lot different. Uh, she has a dog. <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to defend Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> that movie was a piece of shit. <laughs> nah, this book is pretty interesting. I really can't wait to see. And I do want to know what those people are. Who, who the hell are they? Like, yeah, I like the mystery behind like the people behind whatever's going on. They with look the freaking aliens. And I like the the monster twist of it, which is cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's really not much more you can say about it than that. It's, it's the intro to the story, so there's not a whole lot of details. It just sets it up really well, and I, I look forward to seeing what comes next. Just say it this way, man. Monsters, kinky sex, loose women, and aliens. Well, what know. else could you ask for? I don't know if there's aliens. That's, that's well, what the hell is that freaking thing? I don't know. It's like having. It's like watching species, man. That's what it's all about. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Kind of. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for comics. Then. Holy crap! We knocked that out real fast. Damn. <laughs> uh, so, if you enjoy the show and you want to help support us, there are a few ways you can do that. Number one is by going to our Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash/ComicalPodcast. And donating anywhere from as little as a dollar up to any amount you want. Uh, we have different levels that have different rewards, um, which, speaking of, I need to mail out a couple of rewards. I've been falling behind on some of my stuff, and I apologize for that, guys, who are waiting on getting stickers and whatnot. But uh, they'll be going out in the mail sometime this week. You're getting a bad rating. 
Sure. <laughs> <laughs> One star. Uh, alternatively, if you don't want to support us through Patreon, but you do want to donate to the show, uh, you can do that directly through PayPal. Uh, just go to paypal.com and send the money to comicalpodcast at gmail.com. And all ball picks can be sent to that email as well. Oh, please, no dick pics. <laughs> if you need to send dick pics, uh, send them to Miguel's Twitter directly. No, do not. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be some fighting. At Comical Podcast. No, no, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Uh, and then also we have dick. our we also have our merchandise, uh, which is cafepress.com slash comical podcast. I have been working on the designs. Uh, I have a couple that are almost finished. Okay. Um, so they should be up soon. I've I'm sorry that took a while too. It's just been a really crazy <laughs> beginning of the year. You're gonna put that rider shirt? You got the balls to listen to comical podcasts out there. <laughs> I hadn't mentioned it yet, but yeah, that's happening. Oh god. <laughs> I can see people wearing that. That's pretty bad, man. <laughs> Like one with the black tape. You know, you have to get the, the clean version one and the dirty version. There's only the dirty version. <laughs> <laughs> we don't believe in clean versions. That's here. true. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, cafepress.com slash comical podcast or patreon.com slash comical podcast or paypal.com and donate to comical podcast at gmail.com directly. I understand. But I do have one complaint on that shirt. Sure. The balls were not big enough. Yeah, they didn't look like they hung down. Long. <laughs> That's not what I mean. <laughs> Wait a minute. How do you know how long they hang, how low they hang? Well, they have to hang lower than that in order for you to sit on them. That is Imagine. Tr- <laughs> Just basic physics. Uh-huh. I'll get Chris to extend them. Don't nice. <laughs> extend to the left. <laughs> he's got he's to adjust for age. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. They don't hang low. They're just bigger, so they're hard. You know. So you do your balls hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? No. <laughs> None of that is possible. Have you tried? No. <laughs> How do you know? Who the hell tries you that? You don't know what's possible till you try, man. Dude, your sack is not supposed to. Why are we talking about my balls? <laughs> it's not supposed to extend that far. Well, obviously, but you're sitting on them, so they must already. <laughs> <laughs> They have not fallen into the water, but that, that the first time that happens, that's going to gross me out. Well, yeah, as it should. <laughs> like, you know, what happens if you go in there one day and you're dropping a deuce, and then you're and you're you don't even know, like you don't feel it, and then all of a sudden the thing hits Wait, the you, ball. You stand up and you got like a clinger. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. The the thing floats around and makes contact with your balls, like hits them. No, it doesn't cling, but it hits you like ah. You have like an especially sticky, sludgy shit. That's nasty, dude. <laughs> That's gross. So not only do you have to wipe your ass, you have to wipe your balls, too? You have to hang your balls over the lip of the toilet. Dude, you don't do that. People piss on seats. I don't have to become a squatter, just like you. You have to carry some, like, dude wipes or something with you to clean every single time. (laughs) Very nice. Squatting is definitely the way to go. That's going to be the way. I'm I'm just going to piss and shit standing up. You don't want to be teabagging stuff everywhere you go. (laughs) No, that doesn't. I'm just going to stand up and piss and stand up and shit. Well, one of those you should do already anyway. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm not the looker. Come on. Okay. All righty. More ball talk. <laughs> yes. What the hell, man? All right. Well, this is probably going to be a short show because there's not that much news, and we don't have a whole lot to go over today, uh, so we're just going to run through this. Run it. Uh, let's move on to Tell Me a Funny Story. And this time it's my turn. <laughs> yeah. Better up. Uh, so about seven years ago when I was still living in my apartment, uh, my father-in-law kind of fell on hard times. So I don't think I've told very many stories about Bill yet. Have I? No, I don't think so. Okay. So my father-in-law's name is Bill and he's a great guy. Like I love him to death. Uh, it's just, he has a lot of real interesting quirks. 
So he had, he had a really terrible week one time. And I'm talking like the worst week you can imagine. Like your whole life is a country song. Like his car broke. His dog died. He lost his apartment. His girlfriend left him. <laughs> his girlfriend left him. Like he had nothing. Everything, everything fell apart in like one week. My Ford broke down. My dog I ran over. <laughs> like a country song. <laughs> so we let him move in with us. And, uh, we, you know, the plan was just to let him stay there until he got back on his feet. And he lived with us for about six months or so and then ended up moving to Florida to be with uh, Heather's mom. Uh, but during that time, a lot of really interesting stuff happened. And we'd been going to visit Bill for about two years before this happened. And his apartment was always really hot. Like, he's not somebody that likes to keep it cold because he likes to save money. He would always brag about deals he found at different grocery stores and stuff because he loved to get a good deal on meat. And, like, he loved to sit outside and just smoke burgers or steak or whatever. Like, he really loved to cook and he loved to find good deals. That was his whole thing. So he moved in with us and he wanted to be extremely economical. Now, if you know me, you know that I like to keep my house very cold. Like, I'm, a, I'm definitely a winter person. I'm not a summer person. I live in the wrong state. <laughs> but I keep my house 65. Uh, Bill is used to keeping his house like 80, 85. Right. So whenever I leave for work, he'd turn it up, which was fine. Or he'd try to turn it up at nighttime, which kind of like upset me a little bit because I liked it cold. So we had a conversation about it. I was like, Bill, you can't turn it up. I like the cold. I don't mind paying the electric bill. He's like, yeah, but I want to save you money. So Bill would get cold. And he would open the windows to let in some heat, <laughs> which kind of defeats the purpose, right? Mm -hmm. He would also wash clothes. And then instead of using our dryer, which was right beside him, he'd hang them over the balcony to air dry because mm -hmm. he had to save money. But at the same time, the window would be open. Nice. <laughs> he would also make hot dogs, like boil hot dogs. Yeah. And then reuse the water because he didn't want to waste water. What? So he'd save the water to cook the hot dogs again the next day. <laughs> nice. Uh, he would make coffee mm -hmm. and not drink all of it. So he put it in the fridge and then microwave it the next day, drink the coffee. <laughs> Ooh, God, that doesn't taste very good. He did a lot of stuff to save money. You know, like he was just quirky stuff. None of it was like harmful or anything. It was just, you know, little quirks of his cause he thought he was doing good and saving money. Well, the funniest thing that happened was, uh, like I said, he liked to find deals on meat. So one week Heather's mom was down here visiting us and all four of us were living in our small apartment and Bill decided to go to Kroger and get some food for dinner. So he went up there and he got uh, manager special chicken, which is like the red sticker chicken that you know is about to fall out of expiration date or whatever. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, they, they give me those little rotisserie roaster chickens, right? Mm -hmm. So it was one of those. Okay. So he brings it home and he's cooking, you know, the sides or whatever, and uh, he microwaves that, mm -hmm. pulls it out of the microwave and puts it on a plate. And like, I had just gotten home from work and I smelled it and I was like, oh, what the fuck is he cooking? Something doesn't smell right. And he's like, hey, Justin, uh, does this chicken look okay to you? you know, it looked normal. It looked white. It didn't look like there was any green growing on it or anything. <laughs> so I figured, okay, yeah, yeah, it looks fine. But I didn't smell it and I had somewhere else to be, so I was kind of in a hurry. So got my stuff together and left. And Heather and her mom came home and then uh, they all sat down and ate dinner, like their own little family dinner. And uh, then all three of them were like horrendously sick. Nice. They were throwing up, like vomiting, like shitting constantly. Wow. That chicken was bad. Oh, was it? It was really bad. I didn't know that's what was the problem until the next day when I wouldn't open the fridge. Because uh -huh. Bill had saved it and put it in the fridge. And <laughs> I opened the fridge and it smelled like death. <laughs> chicken death. It was horrible. Uh, Ooh, so, chicken stinks too. Yeah, especially if it's like really bad. Yeah. Yeah, so Bill was like, yeah, there's something wrong with that chicken. He's like, I'm going to take it back to Kroger and get my money back. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So the next day, he, he walked all the way to Kroger and returned his manager's special chicken that made everybody sick and got a refund. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Damn straight. I'd have cussed somebody out while I was in there. Did so, he? Did he yell at somebody? When he was oh, in there? I'm sure. Well, 
he's not a super aggressive guy, so probably not. Uh, but he definitely got his money back. <laughs> Some rancid chicken that everybody ate. Uh, my fridge took like three weeks to get rid of the smell, too. <laughs> like, I put baking soda in there. It just wouldn't go away. It's a good but, place for a stick-up. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So, that's uh, just one of my funny Bill stories. Um, there's a ton of other ones, too, but uh, that was probably the... The most endearing one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> endearing. He brought home a chicken and made everybody say, oh, oh, you know what you forgot to say? The one story I like about him is that when he was in your place, even though he was cold, he still loved to sit on your couch a certain way. <laughs> yeah, Bill had a tendency to walk around the apartment naked. <laughs> Gotta let him hang out, brother. Gotta air him out. So, like, I mean, he'd be at home while Heather and I were at work all day, and we'd come home and... Uh, like I usually had things to do in the evening, so I'd get home, drop my stuff off, change clothes, and then head right back out, especially like Wednesdays and Thursdays. I always had stuff to do. So I came home one Thursday, I think it was, and I walked in, and Bill was cooking naked in the kitchen. And I was like, oh, my God. And like I was like, I'm sorry, Bill. I just kind of looked away and like sidestepped over to my, my, be- my bedroom door because it was uh-huh. on the same wall as the entrance to the apartment. And I walked in and closed the door. I was like, oh, my God. And I changed clothes and everything, and then I came back out. And he was like, Justin, when did you get here? Like, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, so I, I can only imagine he did sit on my couch and several other places. So you saw Bill's bill? Yeah. Oh. His didn't hang that low. That's just a problem with you. Hey. <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> oh, just think it was, just be glad it was you and not Heather. Yeah, that could have been worse. She might have been scarred. <laughs> Probably so. Probably so. <laughs> Because <laughs> I know the kids would hate, kids would hate if they came and saw me butt naked. I'm surprised you haven't done that to them just to mess with them. <laughs> you just, I'm streaking! <laughs> Run through your house. I don't streak, no. but I do come out of the shower and I go to the fan, stand in front of the fan and air dry. So they know they know when I'm in the shower. They know not to come out. <laughs> they don't come out. Uh, I'll, I'll have the towel around me, but every once in a while I'll pull the towel off and let the fan air dry me because I... Well, they're, they're boys, too, and they play sports, so I'm sure they've seen shit in locker rooms that, you know. That doesn't mean a damn thing. <laughs> I'm sure seeing you you naked wouldn't bother them as much as, like, seeing their mom naked, right? I guess you're right. Yeah, like, I, if I saw my dad naked, I'd be like, eh, whatever. Like, I don't care that much. If I saw my mom naked, it would probably bother me a lot. <laughs> I saw my dad naked, remember? It bothered me a lot. Thank well, you very much. You're a sensitive soul. <laughs> <laughs> sensitive I'm, soul? I'm made of sterner stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll... <laughs> no man, I don't need to see any of the, neither one of those two. I'm naked. not saying I want to. I'm saying if I if perchance I did on accident, I don't think it would bother me as For much. For you it'd be your sister. Oh god, that would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, Mr. Sterner stuff? <laughs> what about your sister? <laughs> there you go. Man, this show is just taking a turn for the worse. <laughs> it's just interesting. It's all about the ball sack, all about the ball sack. <laughs> Is, is it all about the ball sack? No, it's not. Is that the intro? <laughs> <laughs> you stupid ass. That's all you've been talking about. My sack, for some reason. Well, because that's all you've been talking about. Oh, no, you started off the show like, welcome to Testicle Podcast. I've, I've been hearing about your balls for like a week and a half. So I don't know. I haven't been talking about them. Yeah, yeah. The world has been talking the about my balls. The world has been talking about your balls. That's quite scary. Silver balls. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take out this time and send out a... Thank you to the world for having concern about my sack. <laughs> I feel the love. I don't think the world wants to feel your love. <laughs> uh, I can honestly say the world has probably felt my love. 
Shut up. What does that mean? <laughs> think about it. Uh, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right. Because uh, that's it for Funny Story. Uh, hopefully that was kind of funny. Uh, this week's comics, movie, and TV news. What do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about comics. Okay, comics. There's not a lot of comics-wise. Uh, Marvel has just announced they're doing a five-issue Han Solo miniseries to add to the giant growing catalog of Star Wars books. Of course. This was going to be set between New Hope and Empire. Uh, Marjorie Liu is writing it, and Mark Brooks, who's typically a cover artist, is doing the full illustration for the book. Okay. So that's kind of cool. I like Mark, I like Mark Brooks' style, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with Han Solo. Uh, he needs a book. Yeah. It's supposed to be coming out in June. So okay. It's pretty cool. Yep. Got to pick that up. Uh, the other only other piece of comic news is that Image, uh, following their announcement of a Spawn coloring book, has announced a Walking Dead coloring book. Nice. And this one's supposed to be coming out May 4th, right before Free Comic Book Day. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> I got to color this guy's skull. Hey, Coral, can you see this? Oh, you want to see half of it? Oh. Look at that brain matter. That's, nice. not, that's not supposed to be blue. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is an adult comic book. Or is yeah, it it's, an, it's an adult comic book. Well, yeah. Could you see me giving that to a kid? Here you go. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure nobody cares. Like, you know, it's a coloring book. How gory is it going to be? Is it going to have like a, a thing on the thing that says mature audiences only? I'm sure it's going to be a lot of the same, same kind of drawings you see in the comic. So, so it'll probably have to be mature, so people have to know. Is Walking Dead rated mature? I don't know. It has to be. Come on. You got I people. don't think it is. Dude, okay, you're going to tell me some four-year-old is going to sit up and watch the... Oh, I mean, Brian Fye did let his son see The Walking Dead. What the freak, man? <laughs> it's like, my son is ready for the dead. Your son's ready for psychology. <laughs> <laughs> tell you, man, what the hell? Teach his own. I guess. Hey, props <laughs> to him, though, for letting him see it. I respect that. Yeah, start him young. That's right. Desensitize him. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> let him listen to our show. He's probably a fan. Be like, Daddy, order balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, He's so going to hate us for that. <laughs> that's it for comics. So let's move on to movies or TV. What do you want? TV. All right. So, you know Rob Thomas, the singer for Matchbox 20? Isn't it like the things, come on over, down to, whatever. I don't know who he is. I, I don't remember any Matchbox 20 songs. They haven't made anything since like 1996. But nice. That, that is the band, I think. Yeah, I know who Rob Thomas is. Um, so he's the producer on iZombie. He's one of the producers for that show. Okay. Anyways, he's going to be making an appearance as one of the guest stars on the show. Is she going to hit his brain? No, I think he's showing up as himself uh, to do like a musical spot kind of thing in the show for the season finale. So you know the show is sucking then. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's been pretty good so far. Like I've, I've enjoyed it. I stopped watching. Point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like it's getting really hard. There's so many shows. Like I'm actually falling behind on a lot of stuff. Like I'm three or four episodes behind on Legends of Tomorrow, which I'm surprised about. But there's so much coming out. I, I can't keep up with it all. I've got to start. I'm not that far behind. You're catching up on Agents of Shield, though, right? Yeah, I'm Enjoying doing pretty it? good there. Oh, it's really good. Can't good. believe I let it slip that far. Uh, well, speaking of Agents of Shield, it just got renewed for its fourth season. Score, which is good. And Agent Carter is still kind of on the bubble. We don't know if it's coming back or not. I personally really hope it does because I loved season two. Season one was great. Um, I'd like to see more. Yeah. But, uh, let's see. Uh, you know, Ian McShane. That yeah, name sounds familiar. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. Anyways, he got cast as Mr. Wednesday on Star's series American Gods, which is based on Neil Gaiman's uh, prose novel. Okay. Did you ever read that? No. It's really good. Um, and he's actually like a really good choice for that role. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And it's Star's, so I imagine it's going to be pretty good. Most of their um, most of their series have been great. Spartacus, Black Sails. Ian Machine, Ian Machine, God. If you saw his picture, you'd recognize him immediately. The name sounds familiar. Does he look like Johnny Cash? Kind of. 
Okay, yeah, he's he like Johnny guy. Cash and Benicio del Toro. Had yeah, a baby. he was he was the guy that played coach on Death Race, and he was also the guy that yeah. played. Uh, he was in uh, We Are Marshall too. He was the dad who lost his son. Yeah, yeah, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in that role. Nice. Um, one more casting announcement: uh, Kate Asselton has been cast in as the lead, as the co-lead in FX's Legion. Uh, she's gonna be playing a new mutant called Type A Amy. So don't okay. know much about her. No. She was apparently in some other show, but I'm I'm not familiar with. You her sure, at all. I wrote you wrote that down right. Yeah, sure. sure. It's not typhoid Amy. No, <laughs> type A Amy. Okay, yeah. I'm type B Miguel. It's typhoid Mary too. Oh, whatever. Mary. I'm making up names. <laughs> <as> I go. <laughs> Shut up. So that's it for TV. Let's move on to movies. Uh, so you remember back a few years ago, uh, Sony was talking about doing a Venom movie. I don't remember. Like like a spinoff to Spider-Man? Like they were going to do a Sinister Six movie and a Venom Oh, yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Well, like it, it got canceled. It got kind of flipped under the rug. Well, since Deadpool was so successful, Here uh, we go. it's kind of back on track. Um, they're talking about it being an R-rated movie. So it'll be Sony's first R-rated superhero movie, which I think Venom could really do well with that. I mean, it's an extremely violent character. He eats people's brains and stuff. So, I mean, it's going to be... <laughs> yeah. It's going to be deserving of an R rating, more so than something like Batman vs. Superman. Uh, Dante Harper has been hired to write the script and uh, it's still seriously be considered. So I love to be super creepy. Does Spider-Man make an appearance? I, I'd imagine he could Tom Holland or whatever, but maybe not because I don't think they want to do anything to imply that the movie's for kids like Dead- True, okay. Deadpool, you know, as much as they said, this is not for kids. This is not for kids. They put a lot of funny stuff. The kids laughed at in the trailers and stuff. So a lot of kids wanted to see it. Like if Venom just outright looks scary and they don't really give him any kind of, association with Spider-Man in the trailers, probably kids won't be so drawn to it. So what the hell is he going to do? Is He's going to be Venom the bad guy, right? Yeah. So who the hell is going to stop him? But I mean, it'd be Venom the anti-hero. Okay. Venom lethal protector kind of story. Okay. All right. You all know? Right. I can go with that. So yeah. I mean, Carnage could show up then? Possibly. Toxin? Possibly. Could be another symbiote. Could be Venom versus other members of the Sinister Six. Could be... Oh, that'd be pretty cool. There's a lot of stuff they could do with Venom. I mean, there's a huge catalog of villains they could choose for from him. Yeah, but if it's dark, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with for that. The anti-venom. <laughs> Hopefully not that storyline. <laughs> uh, speaking of R ratings for movies, Scott Snyder recently did an interview where he explained the need for the R-rated Batman versus Superman home release. Um, he must have heard you complaining. Well, a lot of people were questioning it. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that that version is definitely way more violent. Um, and it's a longer movie, too. Like, uh, initially, the movie was three and a half hours long, and they cut it down to two and a half for the theatrical release. Wow. So a lot of stuff got cut, got trimmed. Um, so a lot of the action scenes and violent scenes are getting put back in, and they're also adding in a bunch of characters they had originally written into the, the script that they didn't have room for. So we're going to see a whole bunch of other, like, smaller DC characters show up in the movie. Nice. Um, but it's only going to be in the home version. So I definitely would buy that. Yeah. Uh, and including the Jenna Malone's character. Um, remember, she was cast in some kind of mystery role, but we didn't know who. Everybody was speculating it was either going to be Batgirl or Carrie Kelly. Um, he explicitly said it's neither one of those. It's somebody else. But she's been cut out of the theatrical release, but her character will be in the home release. She's kind of a weird egg. I'm a fan of hers, though. I have been for a long time. She's a really good actress. Uh, but she is a weird egg. So I'd like to see what she plays. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely be buying the, the home version. Yeah. The Ultimate Edition, or nice. whatever they decide to call it. The Ultimate Naked Wonder Woman Edition. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I don't think it's rated R for nudity. I think it's just more violence and gore. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, nothing wrong with violence and gore. Uh, continuing with the trend of talking about R ratings, uh-huh. uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe chairman Bob Iger came out and said that there will not be any R-rated Marvel movies. 
So anything made by Marvel Studios is not going to be R-rated. Okay. So it's going to be up to just Sony and Fox to make those, which I think is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marvel should make their movies available to everybody. Don't you think? Yeah, I agree 100% because, yeah, you don't want to lose people. No, and, and you want to have the main company drawing in kids to read comics. Yeah. Like Sony and Fox own the rights to some of the other characters that are darker and can do more R-rated kind of stuff. So I think it's cool that they're exploring those avenues now that Deadpool worked. But with Marvel's properties, I think it's way better to do more PG and PG-13. Yeah, you can't be watching Captain America humping and bumping and, and shooting and killing yeah. and cussing and swearing. No, well, he would man. never do that anyways. That's not, that's not Captain America. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm just throwing a or Tony Stark. You can't see him doing his his thing that he does. You well, know? you know, Tony Stark's alcoholic, playboy, millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but they keep him kind of clean. You know what I'm saying? They really do. They so really that, do. That's the way it should go. I agree. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, then we saw the Ghostbusters trailer came out this week. Uh, we watched it right before the show. What were your thoughts on it? Best part was the end because it was over and I have to look at it no more. <laughs> <laughs> no, best part was when uh, what's McCall was slapping Melissa McCarthy like the devil. <laughs> Big old Leslie Jones yeah. bitch, bitch slaps Melissa McCarthy. I agree. That was my favorite part of it. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, seeing Thor in there was kind of interesting. He didn't do anything but kick open the door. I know. That was like, Okay. I don't know. I didn't feel the excitement for it like I did when I first watched the original Ghostbusters. You know, I I will watch it. I'm going to go in there, giving it its chance. It just didn't. I mean, some of the ghosts and look kind of interesting, but I I don't know. It just didn't grab me. I agree with that. Um, I, I like three of the actresses that are cast. I hate the fact that it didn't grab me because Ghostbusters was amazing. I like Kate McKinnon. I like Leslie Jones, and I like Kristen Wiig for the most part. She's always kind of typecast as the same character. Um, which it seems like she is in this movie as well, but she does it very well, so that's fine. I cannot stand Melissa McCarthy. If you've ever listened to my other now defunct podcast, Just In Case Show, you've heard me talk about how much I can't stand that woman. Uh, I don't think she's funny at all, and you know she doesn't do it for me in this trailer either. What if like Kanye West shows up in the movie and then a ghost eats him? Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. It's just I'm not a big fan of Melissa McCarthy, and I can't bring myself to spend more money to watch something else she's in, like. I saw Identity Theft. I love Jason Bateman. It was a total stinker. I saw Heat, the movie with Sandra Bullock. I'm a fan of Sandra Bullock. It was garbage. Uh, I just, it doesn't really matter who you put her with. She just brings down every movie she's in. And, uh, you know, like you said, the, the trailer is not exactly grabbing. Like, I'm not opposed to the female Ghostbusters. I think that's kind of a cool idea, even. I just, I don't, I don't like her. <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing is she wasn't doing her normal shtick in the trailer. She wasn't screaming, yelling. She normally does. It was kind of like a she didn't really talk much either yeah that was it was kind of weird she did more of a physical comedy kind of stuff which is the other thing she does she does a lot of like oh I'm fat watch me fall down kind of humor as well as like being loud and obnoxious and there was a lot more of the oh I'm fat watch me do funny things in the trailer than there was of the loud and obnoxious just didn't get me it doesn't grab me either I mean you think they would show you the trailer but with bits of the old guys in there aren't the old guys supposed to be in there uh, they're supposed to have a cameo, and there's a rumor that um, Venkman's character is actually supposed to be the main bad guy, which I think is the one thing that might actually save the movie. Uh-huh. Like Bill Murray showing up as the main villain. That yeah. could be kind of cool. <laughs> uh, but I cannot bring myself to see this in the theater. I just won't pay the money for it. I don't know if I can do it. If I do it, it's going to be matinee. Yeah. El Chipo matinee. Like the Sunday morning, 9 a.m. before you come here. Yeah. <laughs> $3 ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about the dollar cinema. Oh, okay. You know, take your own life into your hands, go into the dollar <laughs> cinema, pay a dollar, sit down in a seat. You don't know what's happening. In it. Yeah. Somebody had their balls out. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Teabag seat. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm just not impressed. But uh, And then the other 
kind of bigger, more impactful piece of movie news for the week is that Joseph Gordon, Joseph Gordon Levitt has walked away from the Sandman movie. Uh, if you remember, he was the one that was kind of pushing for it to be produced. He's a big Neil Gaiman fan. Um, Sandman's probably Gaiman's like most well-known story. Um, and when they were working with Warner Brothers, what Levitt says is that they had the same kind of vision for the movie that he had, and he really liked the direction they were planning on taking it. But they decided not to produce it. They decided not to make it. They sold it to one of their subsidiaries, New Line. And when it went to New Line, they had a completely different take on where they wanted it to go. And Levitt doesn't like it. He just he couldn't convince them otherwise. He couldn't convince them to go with the original vision. So he just walked away. Hey, his choice. I, I think it's kind of cool that he's somebody that sticks to his guns about stuff like that and doesn't just give in and make a shitty movie. True. Um, I, that, I, I already really liked the guy. Now I have a lot more respect for him, too, though. Um, same kind of thing as Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of disappointed that we won't see his version of Sandman. Right. Because I think Neil Gaiman was really on board with what he wanted to do. Um, but we're probably still going to see the movie in some form. Damn it. Did you re- ever read any Sandman stuff? A little bit here and there, but not a lot. Okay. You should read more before this comes out. Probably so. You have it? Uh, I have some of it, yeah. Okay. We'll have to discuss that more in depth later. But that's it for news. I'm just waiting to see Hyperion's movie, man. James Franco. James Franco's Hyperion? I don't think so. That'd be great. <laughs> Seth Rogen? <laughs> I don't think so. Henry Cavill. <laughs> Dude, he can't play everything. I know you love him, but he can't play everything. He's Marvel Superman. Hyperion. He could be Superman and Marvel Superman. He can't do that. <laughs> he can't cross the streams. Why not? That's just not right. That'd that's pretty, terrible. That'd actually be pretty awesome. That's kind of messed up, man. <laughs> I mean, it could be the Sentry. No, better... Oh. Yeah, he could be the Sentry, but he's not blonde. Well, people got to die. He dyes uh, hair blonde. That would be kind of weird. I don't know, man, but I'd love to see the Sentry in a movie somewhere. Sure. <laughs> man. <laughs> I, had a, I was going to talk about another movie here, and uh, you, you made me lose my mind when you threw the Sentry at me. I made you lose your mind? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was kind of like, uh, you threw the Sentry at me. Because you know I love the Sentry. I know. I know. The Void. The Sentry would be one of those properties that's probably better as an R-rated oh, definitely. story. Ripping ass and arms. That's what he does. <laughs> Hercules <laughs> That shit still like Sticks in my head Yep <laughs> Alright well that's it For comics movie And TV news uh, Before we move on To closing out the show though I do want to give A couple of shout outs To a couple other podcasts That we recently discovered uh, Number one is a show Called Limetown Sucks I'm joking. <laughs> tell, tell them how you really feel. Dude, when I first started listening, okay, you say, go listen to Lime Time. You'll like it. Okay, so I downloaded it and I had all the episodes in there. And you're like, make sure you listen to them in order. Okay, I'll do it. So I'm listening to it. And Leah comes on talking about um, this, this, and this. And the town of 300 some odd people just up and disappeared. And creepy ass music playing in the background. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm in. So I listen to the first episode. I'm like, wow. I'm listening. I'm like, holy shit. Because I'm listening to coming in the work. And so I just got to work. It's like, is this shit real? <laughs> <laughs> so I went and looked it up. I went to Wikipedia yeah. to go find out if it was freaking real, if this town actually exists, because I was like, holy shit. Because, you know, the paranormal kind of shit is like my kind of thing. It's a, it's a podcast. It's fictitious. You motherfuckers. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, it was written well. Oh, it's extremely well written. Oh, my God. I couldn't stop listening to it. I was sad that it was only eight, even though it's like little minis in between. They did such a great job with it. It was creepy. So, so Limetown is a seven-episode season one of a podcast, and it's a fake documentary about this town of 300 scientists that were recruited to live together in this like kind of town in the middle of nowhere. And they were working on all these secret projects, but nobody in the outside world knew what was going on. And then one day they all just vanished except for the main scientist who was crucified and burned at the stake 
um, in the middle of the town square. So there's this reporter 10 years later who was distantly related to one of the people of the town, and she decides to investigate a little bit further because nobody's really looked into it as the 10 years have gone by. So she starts doing her own investigation and goes to the town and kind of sees everything, and um, it all unfolds, and people don't want her researching it, but it's a small subsect of people that were actually in the town back then show up and want to help her figure out what happened. So it's very much like a horror mystery, fake documentary kind of thing, but it's extremely well-produced, extremely well-written, and uh, I guarantee you there's at least three moments in the, in the show that will make you feel very unsettled. The guy banging his head was the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> I was driving home at uh, 2 a.m. from writing with George one night when episode four was on, and there's this moment at the end of episode four that I feel is the creepiest moment in the entire series because I was like so unsettled. I got chills, and they didn't really go away for like an hour. <laughs> hey, he's just a big puss. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I don't you have, sat on your balls. I don't, I don't have low-hanging balls like you. So. <laughs> Real men have low-hanging balls. Okay. <laughs> Real old men. <laughs> Anyways, uh, go check it out if you want to. If you've never listened to a like fake documentary podcast before, there's a couple of really great ones out there. Another one that I just recently started listening to is the Black Tapes podcast. You racist bastard. Which is the same kind of thing, but it's about uh, this investigator who does a podcast of her own who discovers this guy called Richard Strand who uh, runs this institute. He's a paranormal expert and a ghost hunter, but he doesn't believe in ghosts. His whole thing is that he's a, a skeptic. And he wants to disprove the existence of ghosts. So he's offered a million-dollar reward to anybody that can prove the existence of the paranormal. So she finds him and talks to him and finds these like black tapes he has, which are cases that he currently doesn't have the resources to disprove. And it leads her down this really dark trail of mystery and horror. And there's like this one big overarching conspiracy, but you don't know if it's real and you don't know if it's you know imagined because she's starting to believe everything she comes across, whereas he's totally a skeptic. Um, Miguel hasn't checked that one out yet, but I think that's next on his list. It's really, really good. Yeah, I was trying to download it one day so I could listen to it coming in, but I was having some issues with the internet, so I wasn't able to get it. I'm downloading it right now as we speak. Cool. Because, uh, yeah, I, you know I love paranormal shit. Am I going to be able to sleep? Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. Okay, I just want to know. Uh, <laughs> listen to us before I go to bed or some shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I typically only listen to comedy podcasts. I mean, I'd say like 90% of the podcasts I listen to are comedy or comic book related. Um, only recently have I discovered that I have a real affinity for these kind of horror documentary podcasts. And uh, if anybody out there has any other good ones to recommend, I'm about to finish Black Tape. So if anybody has anything else, let me know. Um, I'm craving more. They're they're so good. Yeah, I like it. It's I, I, I'm I'm glad you told me about Limetown and and I'm getting like I said, I'm downloading Black Tape so I can listen to this. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I mean, I listen like you. I listen to a bunch of podcasts, you know, here and there, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it gives me the creeps. <laughs> That's just Pryfi show. <laughs> nice. I had to give him a little love there, you know, considering we just talked about him letting his boy watch the dead. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, those are both great. Um, so don't forget to check them out. It's Limetown and the Black Tapes. Uh, they're both excellent, excellent shows. Also, don't forget to follow us us on our social media. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. On Twitter, I am at comical podcast. I'm at comical podcast too. Don't forget to send him your dick pics. No, you send it to comicalpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. That's where those dick pics go. Com- Comical Podcast 2 on Twitter. No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't want those kind of pics. You forget the kind of jackasses we have following us. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it, guys. So we will see you next week. And until that time, keep on laughing, bitches. Perfect. <laughs>